Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 336, Passenger 57 from 1992. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Snipex and the Snipex Alligator 14.5 by 114 millimeter manual load repeating anti-material rifle. Shout out to Snipex. Well, shout out to Snipex and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever with us tonight to talk about this movie that is a breezy 83 minutes with us, not main feed fan favorite, but just fan favorite, Garrett Smith. Hello, Garrett. Your words, Joey, your words. I'll let, yes. I'll let you How have you? it this time. I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. So now this movie, uh, we're, we're covering this movie basically for two reasons. Number one, because <laughs> yeah. in our old question um when we used to ask like guests like 85 questions one would say would you bet it all on red and bet it all on black and like almost everyone was like you know, wesley you snipes black, right yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they always quote wesley snipes in this movie yeah. um and i also don't think that i got the line right uh, always bet on black is always the bet line. on black yeah and so i felt like we had to do it and also of particular import to me and to patron and past guest christian larson is that on the vhs of Passenger 57. There is a trailer for a film called Street Night. I remember which is this. So much better than this movie. What? And Street Night. Better? Really Street, Street Night is okay. so good. Street Night is so good. I'm putting it into my letterbox right now. Oh, yeah. Jeff Speakman. Ooh, man. It's so good. You're not that big. Think about it. Watch the trailer for Street Night, and I dare you not to love it. But we would watch the trailer for Street Night like once or twice a month uh, when we were hanging out with Larson. Like, it, it's just so good. So, like, Passenger 57's been around me for a while, but I'd never seen it. Joe, had you seen it before this week? No. No, not at all. Did you know about it, aside from, like, our podcast? Uh, Always Bet on Black, yeah. I mean, just that. that, Yeah, yeah. Ryan Clark, uh, the former Steeler, has a podcast, um, The Pivot, and he literally just said it when they were... I don't know if you guys have seen the the Richard Mendenhall pitch the racism Pro Bowl the segregation bowl on did mm. you see this tweet Mm-mm. that he was Mm-mm. like he's like look we should line up all the white dudes versus all the black dudes in the nfl and it started this chaotic thing it was hilarious. you know on a recent episode i said something like uh, i'm sure you saw and you're like richard mendenhall's tweet i'm just like no that's not what no and <laughs> yes then that's, I, that's what it was yeah but you like you brought it up and i, I didn't follow up on it and that is crazier than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> yeah and so anyways ryan clark's like like Wesley Snipes says, always bet on black. And I was like, oh, he's fucking doing it. We're doing Passenger 57 in like a week and a half. I, I do feel like it is the kind of line that more people know than I've seen the movie. I like, 100% it's an agree. Line. And I was surprised, unlike Snakes on a Plane, which waits like 95 minutes or like 90% of the way through the movie before he says the line. Here's like halfway through. I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess we're not waiting anymore for him to just say always <laughs> bet on black. But, you know. Garrett, had you seen this movie? Is this a movie that you would wanted to see? Why did you pick this on the list that I gave you? Uh, I just wanted to see this one. I've been on You've a... never seen it either? No, I had never seen it. That's uh, crazy. So yeah. all three of us come in blind. That's crazy. And I knew that line. I'm one of those people mm-hmm. that like, I knew yeah, that same. line. Mm-hmm. I had never seen this. I wanted to see this because I've been, I feel like, on a tear lately of just like trying to find 90s movies that mm-hmm. were like maybe like less talked about that are. What was act- that Denzel one? Was it Ricochet? Ricochet, dude. Ricochet yeah. absolutely rules. Nobody's ever heard of it. It's incredible. Nope. It's so weird okay. and strange. Okay. Highly recommend Ricochet. Garrett went crazy for it, but in a way that was like, look, this isn't like 
the best movie you've ever seen. It's just like a really, really good movie that no one's ever heard of. It was like tempered expectations, but like the high end of like, yeah. the high end of really good. Yeah. And I feel this way about like Breakdown, the Kurt Russell movie where he loses his wife and has to find her. Uh, Ooh, I like saw recently and was like, okay, this is terrific. It's like, again, not like the best movie you've ever seen, but like when when we're, I don't know, when we're playing just like triple A ball, it's, it's mm-hmm. right up there. It's going as good, as hard as it can go, you know? The nineties, the nineties of these movies Full is like of what that hits. Stuff. That's that's what like I was in love with watching this. I'm like, oh man, like you do not get a nineties movie like this anymore. When I, I, I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before, but my friends and I in our fantasy baseball league put together like the March Madness brackets of like weird different stuff. And during COVID, we did a bunch of like eighties and nineties action and comedy brackets and the only one i think we really fully completed was the 90s action bracket which was won by t2 because of course it was mm. but we i forgot that we had because i knew this was in there like i don't remember what seed it is because it feels like it's sort of like it's just like it should be in the running but it shouldn't be a high seed no this would be, be like a low eight, seed, right? eight through ten yeah. eight through ten i would guess i forgot that we broke it down instead of four regions we did eight like micro regions and so this was in the mid midday fair which is just like a TV that's on a, a movie that's on TNT at like two o'clock in the afternoon, just that you like you watch there. Makes and sense. And so the number one seed, it was only one to eight. Number one was C, uh, Speed, and mm-hmm. this was the number eight. And of course, it lost to Speed. But like, it's like, yeah, no, it should be nominated, but it, or it should be like you know recognized, but it should not be like this is not the high point of '90s action. This is just like a solid entry. Agreed. Yeah. Totally. I, I was thinking while watching it that, like, I know one of the things that this movie is known for is that it's, like, one of many movies, including Speed, that come out in the wake of Die Hard that are just mm-hmm. Die Hard on an X, Die Hard on a train, Die Hard on a bus, Die Hard on a plane, that that's what this is. Uh, although it it is that in, like, a really funny way that we should, like, talk about in a minute. Oh, we're going to talk th- about it. Yeah, what I was thinking about, though, was how that formula, and it probably goes back even before this, but I was thinking about how much all of that stuff is indebted to taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. How, yeah. like, that that movie, even it, the difference in that movie is it's a guy that actually works for the company, but it's like a fly in the ointment. It's like a guy that just happens to be there that day that is able to completely unwind this terrorist plan. That's mm-hmm. the exact yep. formula for Die Hard, for this movie, for Speed. It's just a guy that is exceptional at this thing, happens to be there that day and knows how to sort of unwind this plot. And then the other thing is it's full of just like an unending list of like goofy characters. Like yeah. every <laughs> character is like has a thing and is a guy with that does a thing like and they are quippy to each other. They're just constantly making little jokes at each other. Every single character, all of them. Yeah. As I was I was as I was watching this, I was so confused how alan rickman was not the villain in this movie <laughs> considering you saying it's just like die hard which yeah. it is like i was just like this feels rachel doesn't this feel like this is alan rickman like it's just a different version of alan rickman in this and she's like yeah dude i don't know how they didn't cast alan rickman but yeah i get it i mean this movie is like as paint by numbers as that formula has maybe like ever been you know what i mean like down to it feels reverse engineered that's what i wanted to talk about before like the idea that this guy is an airline security expert, but then a few minutes later, we learn that he's, like, afraid of flying, I think? Yes. Like, he mentioned something about being afraid to fly. And also, like, I don't know if airline security expert is a thing, really, at least not in this way. I don't. He was, he about- was going to be airline security, he was going to be the vice, vice president, president of the airline. Yes. 
because he's the head of security. I don't want you to know. Uh, Dinkley would be offended if you say airline security is not a thing because he is definitely holding down that plane that Hobbs and Shaw are on flying to Samoa or, or wherever they're going. True, true. I just like I couldn't believe how reverse engineered this one felt, where it was like. Well, it's also like in that same thing. It's like there's like okay, there's a prison, sure, got it. There's a Shakespearean villain, cool, got it. There's a cop with a haunted backstory, got it. It's just like let's take a little bit of everything, yep. but they don't know how to do it all. Like, well, there's only eight. There's only eighty two minutes of this movie, no, Joey. It's, a, it's amazing to me. How little of this movie is spent on the goddamn plane? Yes, <laughs> there was. I agree. It I takes agree. like twenty-five minutes for them to get on the plane, and then twenty minutes later they're touching down. I'm like, what? <laughs> yep. I had the same thought. And then they're at a carnival. Then they're uh-huh. just at a fucking fairground. Yeah, which, uh-huh. by the way, here's here's what I'll say about that though. In the long run, I kind of dig that this movie is like, yeah, we're up in the air, but then we get back down. But we do that so that we can do this cool set piece at this carnival. Which I do think is a cool set piece. Was a cool I think stunt. it's awesome. Yes. And then we get back in the air, which I couldn't believe. <laughs> yeah. it's like we're going Same. back. Here we go. Back in the air. I, like, and that allows for, again, more cool stunts. The stuff of him getting back onto the plane, hanging onto the wheel. Cool shit. By the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm on board. But then it is, initially, it's fucking weird that we touch well, down within 20 minutes to, to take it off. What's weird to me is he the movie Passenger 57, which is a very cool name, but he is just the 57 Excellent person, title. I, I have that in my yeah. notes, too. That's like, an excellent title. You're, you're no longer Passenger 57 when you're not on the plane. <laughs> and they don't really refer to him as pa- like no like he's not like time. ever like lost or hidden they just like count and they're like oh he's passenger 57 and, and then they that's also it. don't do anything to like hide the fact that he is like with the airline no, you no. know what i mean like he and the air the steward the flight attendant are having like open animosity about like working together and like he's just like in play- just like this guy is someone and they're like no like, it's not a secret that he's on board he's just there and when something goes wrong that's what is so funny about I don't know how reverse engineered it feels. It's just like, I know that it's the same coincidence of Die Hard, but it feels more coincidental here in like an extreme way that like this guy just happens to be on this plane this day. So, so this well, guy yeah. is a, is face off. He yeah. changes his okay. face. Okay. We have to talk about this. I don't even <laughs> want you to continue. We have to talk about that. Okay. It starts so there, out. They introduce the villain. This is five years before face off, by the way. Insane. Okay. Yeah, that actually is crazy to contemplate. Because, okay, I'm a big fan of the movie The Guest, which is also lightly a Mm face-off movie, and does basically exactly what this movie does, which is have a character say out loud that another character has had, like, the bones in their face rearranged in order to, like, change their appearance. But then we never really get any evidence of that in the movie otherwise. Nope. It's just that somebody has said that, and so we spend the movie thinking about that. But it never matters or comes into play, no, really. Not at all. Okay, but here's what I have. we need to talk about it though. The way it happens in the movie is they tell us this that he's changing his face, that that's yes. what he's doing. And as a movie viewer today, I'm going like, okay, that's got to be important. This guy Same. is going to turn out to be somebody else by the end of the movie. There's going to be some kind of reveal. And the yep. next shot is Wesley Snipes on a plane adjusting his turtleneck. And I, th- I don't know if you guys said the same thought I did, but I thought for oh, sure, you like... thought he became... No, 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 I don't I was think, like, no. oh, that's what this movie's going to be about. That dude's going to turn out to be the villain by the end of the movie. He's going to take it all off. I couldn't believe it. I think it if that were the case... It turns out it's just case, 1993 and people like turtlenecks. We would have <laughs> known that. 
Like, I think if we're like, oh, my God, did you know the movie where, like, Wesley Snipes is supposedly protecting the airplane, but he turns out to be the terrorist? Like, even if you haven't seen the movie, you would know that plot twist. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah, not fair. expect this movie to do anything, like, unique in that way, and I was right. But I also, <laughs> I wish that I had, because if I had that idea, I would have been so excited, but I didn't think about that. But if I did, I'd been like, oh, my, is that what this movie's about? I was excited, but then had the same thought you did. Like, well, if it was about that, I would know that, so it, it can't be. But, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that that was the very next shot. He's, like, adjusting the turtleneck in a way that I was like... They just said he rearranges his face. I think this guy just rearranged his face. Oh boy, no. that's like a, that's what we call a and cut he on action he in the he way doesn't that even, doesn't work. He yeah. doesn't even rearrange his. They stop him from. They're like he rearranges right. his face and he's there, and they're like he's about to do the face rearrangement, and then they just stop him, and he's like, oh, same face, got to go with this one now. Oh, that is what that action scene was about. You're right. I didn't even consider that. That that's what's happening when he's like. Yeah, so it's okay. co- it's completely useless. Yeah, like yeah. there's no point to that at all. There was just like ten minutes to just have like a cool scene of him jump out the window or whatever. And well, then... like I was saying to Joe when I was like, because I, I watch this movie like more in advance than I normally do, and I'm like, I don't know if you noticed, the movie's only 83 minutes long. I was very excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, the intro is a very long three minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it they're is. like, how how can we make this 80 minutes long? It's like, well, why don't we have him threaten to change his face and then not actually do it, and that'll eat up 10 minutes, like Joe said, just like. <laughs> Okay, but and then like it it feels like there should be so much more you could do with like terrorists on a plane, but I guess they're just like, let's not figure it out. Let's just get on the ground and like do some stuff at the carnival. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I did think you mentioned a breezy eighty three minutes earlier, and I, I was amused that even at eighty three minutes, this movie has a lot of just like establishing shots of planes yep. and yep. Uh, and airports and like when I say a breezy 83, I mean, historically, traditionally, 83 is breezy. Not that, this, <laughs> yeah. not that this movie necessarily is breezy, because I don't know that it necessarily is. Oh, I, it's pretty breezy. I just was amused that, like, wow, even at 83 minutes, they had to pad this motherfucker. It's I know. What was the script like? I, that's what I want to figure out. Long opening titles, long establishing shots. Everywhere. By the way, it's very cinematic. I thought the direction was pretty good. But I just yeah. was like, boy, this is... There is some padding on this. Like, this is a 65-minute feature at best. This movie was directed by a guy named Kevin Hooks, who is mostly an actor. He directed some other stuff, but he's not really acted or directed in anything I've ever heard of. It was written by David Lowry, who did Star Trek V, which I've never seen any of the original Star Treks, but I know the odd-numbered ones are bad, so that's not a good sign. He also wrote a movie, Obsessed, with Joe, you might know, that's the Catherine Heigl as a crazy woman. Yes, I watched about it. about 10 years ago. I watched it, yeah. So the guy who wrote this movie also wrote that movie. Sick. Um, it was also written by a guy, Dan Gordon, who wrote Rambo Last Blood, and it was also written by Stuart Raffel, who produced not only Mac and Me, but also Tammy and the T-Rex. So he made two okay. all-time 80s classics movies. Classics. Yeah. Tanny, Tanny and the T-Rex. Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex, produced by four guys who basically have not produced anything of note, shot by the guy who seems to be Cronenberg's, or, you know, mean yeah. guy. He, this guy shot Scream and The Fly and Video Irwin, Drone. is that his name? Mark Irwin, yep, yeah. but he That's also insane. was like the Farrelly Brothers guy, because he also shot Dumb and Dumber, and there's something about Mary, so it's like, I do comedies, and I do, like, the weird body horror, and I also do, like, 90s actions, just like, I will be, I will do whatever you want me to do. Dude, I love looking at cinematographers' careers, because they're journeymen in the way that, like, directors are not, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, very few directors are journeymen in the way that uh, cinematographers are. My favorite is Dean Cundy who has shot, like, all of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. He shot Halloween. He shot The Fog. He shot Back to the Future. And eventually made his way to Baby Geniuses and mm-hmm. Baby Geniuses oh 2. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awesome, though. 
Yeah, those guys just like working. Yes. Yeah. Movie yeah. had a budget of $15 million, made 66 Rotten Tomatoes, 24%. 38 by the audience, 50 on Metacritic. The consensus of Rotten Tomatoes says Wesley Snipes tries to pilot Passenger 57 away from turbulence. Pun. But even he can't help this implausible couch class action bomber from nose diving. Okay, I have I have qualms with that because Me too. about 90% through this movie, I looked at Rachel and I was like, I want to rent out a theater and watch this movie in a theater. Really? It, it felt like a movie that you just needed to watch with like it it had so much snakes on a plane in it <laughs> that I wanted to recreate that feeling of like it just I want to get a theater full of people that love Passenger 57 and just watch it with them together and share that experience. My issue with this is that it's not good enough to be good. It's not bad enough to be bad. I think it's the same thing that people are knocking Rebel Moon for being just like a rip off of every other sci-fi movie, which I don't, but I think both that and this movie are not bad. I don't think either are like a bad movie. It's just like, I've kind of seen this before. And I don't think there's anything about this movie in particular that like makes me want to champion it. I fall right in the middle of you guys, I think, which is just like, I really did enjoy watching this. Like I thought it was fun, but it also, it's, it's, it is a cheese ball. Like it's the kind of cheesy fun that I like to have. But it's not like a cheese ball classic. Like this doesn't reach the Fair. heights of like a roadhouse. Like it mm. doesn't totally get there with the kind of like crazy weird cheese ball world it wants to be. It's wavering in the middle somewhere. It's not elevating itself to good. It's not downgrading itself to bad. It's just kind of like it's right there in the middle somewhere. And so like I did enjoy it. I had a good time watching it. Uh, and I chuckled a few times at some of the weird cheesiness of it. But I sort of wished it was like a little more of that. Like I, I wish that it ha- yes. hit that cheese factor like even harder. Like every yeah. time there was like a fucking Sunday morning easy listening jazz song as the soundtrack, <laughs> I was like, okay, this rules. We need more of this. I don't know what we're doing any other time, but this is great. And like I, I enjoyed it. Like don't get me wrong. Like, I liked the movie. I was just hoping for more of like a '90s staple, like an un, uh, unseen gem to me. But it was just like it's good. It's good. It's no hard rain. Before we get to trivia, because there's like a lot of people who were considered for the Wesley Snipes role before Wesley Snipes Ooh, got out. I'll get I want to hear second. this. But we okay. have one crazy credit. Okay. So Garrett, you know crazy credits. We've been talking about them. I think you were probably on an episode where we ran through them. There is one crazy credit for this movie, and Joe. Our streak has kind of been snapped. This has more downvotes than upvotes. Whoa. Uh-oh. What I know that's it? unusual. Because Joe's whole credits. thing is like, they're always so positive. People love these. This one. Hate. No, sir. Hate. I didn't read it, so I don't know what it says. I was just, Oh, I just saw okay. The, I, saw, I saw the, the votes. We're going to experience like, it together. Okay. The first part of the credits scroll while John Cutter and Marty Slayton walk along the runway toward the fairground in the distance as fireworks go off in the nighttime sky. So it's basically okay. saying, credits start while the movie's still rolling. <laughs> hey, I would thumbs down that one. Three up, eight down. Eight down. Eight down. That is that is useless information. What did, what did this person do to get all this hate that made this crazy credit? I feel I bad for them. I think we should send them a letter, say sorry. Okay, so here is what the movie almost was before it was this movie. So it was originally, did either of you want to guess who was originally supposed to star in this role before it was Wesley Snipes? Tom Cruise. Garrett, one guess? Uh, Well, uh, how about Swayze? Sylvester Stallone was originally the one here, and he said, no. Yeah. (laughs) So then, 
Warner Brothers, I think this was Warner Brothers, went to, or whoever it was, whatever studio it was, went to Steven Seagal, because he was on a hot streak. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here's two movies, pick the one you want to do. Here's Passenger 57, and here's Under Siege. And he picked Under Siege, he did Under Siege, successful enough to have a sequel. Yep. So then they're like, okay, so Sly doesn't want it, Steven Seagal wants it, doesn't want it. Let's get a black guy in there. So they went to Denzel, they went to Eddie Murphy, <laughs> they were considering them, and then ultimately they landed on Wesley Snipes. The only other person that I saw, which actually, very coincidentally, is a Blu-ray that's right next to my desk. Hold on. Considered for the lead role, but turned it down due to his surgery for his career-ending football injury, the man, the myth, Brian Bosworth of Stone Cold, a movie that absolutely rules. Uh, Bad actor, wonderful action star. He was like, I would love to do it, but I need surgery on my knee. Can't do it. So then they're like, Wesley? He's like, you got it. So that was it. Um, and the only other trivia really of note is the Tom Sizemore role, who was always crazy to see in a movie like this. I fucking love Tom Sizemore. This dude has become one of my favorite actors in recent years. I love when he pops up and stuff. Character named Sly Del Vecchio, which is yeah. an all-time great name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael Madsen was offered that role and he turned it down. And then Tom Sizemore was like, I'll do it. Okay. that I, I kind of, I could, I could feel that. That's a very Madsen role. And also like. They are a similar style actor, I would say. They they bring the same kind of grime and attitude yeah. to every character they play. Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can see that too. Yeah, that And that's sense. basically all the trivia about this, which I guess is 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 understandable because it's just like it's a movie. Right? Yeah. It's just a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. People who are almost in it, not in it, almost a movie. You know, it's a movie. I'll say this. I don't know if it's as good a movie without Wesley Snipes. I don't know if I, like, I have enjoyed all of those actors you mentioned in other movies and other movies they chose to do instead of this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think he's really good in this. I think the movie does kind of live and die on his chemistry uh, and his charisma, which he, like, has a ton of and is is bringing a lot here. And I overall did kind of like the cast. Like, I, I thought, um, I, I don't know if you guys paid as much attention to this as I did, but, like, Elizabeth Hurley is fully acting out uh, like her own plot line in this movie, like in the background of the movie. Yes. Like, she but is, it's also still somehow useless, but very important. It, I was tracking that like in the background of shots, she's having reactions to things and telling a story about her character. Like when, when the villain starts flirting with the other, uh, with the actual stewardess, uh, the actual flight attendant, um, she is in the background, like getting angry that her boyfriend, the the boss villain, is flirting with this girl, and she does this like heel turn, like flips her hair to the side and marches off. But it's all in the background. It's not the camera never focuses on it. She's just fully <laughs> performing this like plot line that her character has in the background of the movie. It's awesome. She was in it. How deep into Elizabeth Hurley's career is this? This movie? is very very early. Yeah, I this had is to like before so. her big break. I think this is before Austin Powers. I think. Ah, okay, okay. This is before Awesome Powers. This is before, like, Bedazzle. This is before, like, everything that I know Elizabeth Hurley to be from. This is, like, way before. I didn't know if I was missing, like, she was, like, a starlet of some show and, like, as a teen or something, whatever, right? You know? Because, like, you're right. She's she's selling, for sure. In terms of... Let me actually just see here. So if we sort by release date, earliest first, this is her eighth thing on Letterboxd, but the first one that I've heard of. A lot of it before that looks like straight to DVD or straight to TV, I guess, like straight to video, whatever, or like things that aren't, they don't even a poster that's cropped properly on there. But yeah, no, it's the next thing of note that she's in is Austin Powers five years later. 
That's what I thought. I, I was pretty sure that was more like her big break kind of Austin Powers. Yeah. The, I mean, the whole supporting cast is good, though. You, there's a Twin Peaks in here. Uh, you got, what's his name? Michael Horse. Um, mm. There's uh, um, who, Bru- oh, Bruce Greenwood. You guys know Bruce Greenwood? He, like the thing that I think maybe you would know him from now is like he was in that Star Trek movie, the J.J. Abrams one. Um, he's in a bunch of Mike Flanagan things. He's great. Yeah, no, I know the name. He's in a lot of different stuff. He's in a bunch of stuff that I've seen. I know the name, but I yeah. don't know him really as an actor. He was like the guy that owns the company that they're trying to make uh, Snipes the VP of. Yeah, yeah, I recognize that guy. I recognize this guy. This is and uh, yeah. Alex Datcher, and I wouldn't have known her name. I had to look it up. Uh, she stars in Body Bags, which is a John Carpenter, like, HBO or Stars movie or something from like 1990, and she's really good in that. Uh, and I thought she was really good in this too. She plays um, the the actual flight attendant, Marty. I did not recognize the main villain, but Me his either. name is Bruce Payne, spelled yes. like Bruce Wayne but with a P. Yes. Uh, his his character name is Charles Rain, R A N E. And the best line from this movie that I think I saw multiple times on Letterboxd is just him making was it the psychiatrist or was it the surgeon making some doctor say charles rain is not insane that's like yeah, that's a good yeah. line like that's that's a line good enough to build a movie around build a character around build a build an arc around that's a good line yeah there were a few like decent just like full cheese ball things and i was like all right i see what we're doing. why did I like it. why did he early in the movie fish hook his lawyer by the way that was something <laughs> i i hadn't seen in a movie in a long time and i was like oh yeah that is very enjoyable like he like smashes lawyer's face and then puts his finger in his mouth and like starts pulling it. And I was like, I haven't seen a fish hook since wrestling. Like, <laughs> when do you ever see a fish hook in a movie? This is one of those things where it feels like there wasn't really a character on the page. So the actor had to sort of like try and overact his way into a character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was very strange. I felt like the villain character was very strange in this movie. Everything about this movie is a little strange. Like, the fact that, like, Wesley Snipes says he's not that comfortable on planes. It's like, yeah. well, yeah. why do you, why is this your job then? Like, even yeah. if you don't, like, if you're not supposed to fly or whatever, like, you're not, like, the, but you're, you're working for an airline. Fucking size more, too. Then they put him in a helicopter, and he's like, get me out of this thing. This is horrible. Everybody like, hates you, flying. Yeah, what are you guys doing? This why do you work there? But, like, it's hard to tell whether that's done for comedic effect. Like, oh, like I think the Sizemore thing is for comedic effect. Yeah. But, like, is it a plot point? Is it character building? Is it we don't We don't effect? need to know. Is we don't need to know. Is it any of those? Is it none of those? It also know. never matters. Nope. There's never, never matters. a that's point in the movie that he's like, oh, shit, I forgot. I'm afraid of being up here and doing all of this crazy shit up here. Never matters. Nope. I also do, like, in terms of the... It feels like they don't really know what they're doing, and so, like, it could really do anything. And so when Elizabeth Hurley is, like, multiple, like, firing multiple bullets into guys, like, while in midair, I'm just like, oh, this is a bad idea. But she, like, hits both dudes, like, square in the chest. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's not a bad idea. But then, like, later in the movie, they kind of Chekhov's gun to, like, shoot through the door. And, like, there's, like, you know, it, it, pre- it depressurizes and there's a vacuum or whatever. I'm like, okay, at least we get that eventually. Because, like, yeah. you can't yes. shoot that many times on a plane and not have a bullet go astray, right? It's just, <laughs> you expect this to happen. Eventually it does. But, like, and when, it, when it first, when she first fires and it doesn't happen, I'm like, oh, huh, okay. Yeah. I also, like, the villain's plan in this movie, I know it gets, like, changed a bunch of times that's sort of, like, out of his hands. What, what is the plan? I don't know. It's weird. When he releases all those hostages and the one guy is like, okay, yeah, sure. And the other guy's like, oh, don't do that. Obviously, he's got a plan. He wanted you to do that. But then later, I was like, did he want them to do that? I don't. 
I don't actually know if that was the. I don't know what his plan was when he released those hostages. Like why he did that. If there was an ulterior motive that got thwarted later, I don't know. I also like. I'm no negotiator, but I also feel like every other movie I've ever seen has led me to believe that like if they're willing to let anybody go, you accept that. You deal. do it. Yeah. You yeah. take that deal. Yeah, but Save they're just like, well, maybe don't. It's like no, you probably should. Like, there's like he isn't much like a, like a few, he lets a lot of people go. Yeah, yeah. It was a hundred people. The the Louisiana cops. And he's like, I don't know if I can give you gas for a hundred people. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, you you take that deal. Yeah. that's a really good deal in the hostage negotiation. It's like usually it'd be like, give me the gas for like five. Mm-hmm. It's like no, like half the plane, if not more, is he's passenger fifty seven. They were in coach. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like most of the people. Also, a, a thing that's weird, like, not only is, like, the motivation, you know, ambiguous, I spent most of this movie unclear who was winning. Like, if the good guys <laughs> or the bad guys were currently on top. I'm like, who has the, like, is this plan unfolding in a way that, like, we're like, oh, no, the good guys got to catch up? Or, like, is it like, oh, no, the bad guys are about to get, like, I couldn't tell who was successful and to what extent they were or were not successful. That goes back to, point. like, what is the bad guy's motive? Don't yeah. know. What is he trying to do besides just, like, possibly kill people? We know that he's a terrorist that has, like, what, blown up a lot of planes or things, right? But he's on this one. Yeah, they just say that he kills people, basically. He's just a terrorist. But but they they let him go because he has ties to the Middle East or something, right? Yeah, That's what it was. That's the other thing. It's just, like, a face-off a little bit has this problem, too, but they, they... The stakes get baked into, like, personal things in that movie, which they don't in this movie. But it's, like... There is no, he is like just a terrorist for terrorism's sake. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, they don't say that he's like doing that. Like a better movie is like, oh, well, like his people have been imprisoned by this other country for the last like 10 years. Yep. And this is all in protest of that. Like a better movie, there's like some political motivation. There's something going on. Monetary. Right. He's trying to get money. Extortion. Something. Nothing. Like the twist of Die Hard is that like. The it's like a joke to them that they have political motivations. They're actually just there for money. <laughs> Twist the mustache. There's none of yes. that in this. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's doing it just for shits and giggles. Did you guys catch that one of his henchmen gets on the plane as Mr. Forget? Well, that that's the guy from <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's, you know. But I was like, all... excellent writing. Excellent, excellent all... writing. But they don't all have fun names. Like, it's not nope. like Forget nope. and Remember. It's just Forget. Just that, just, dude. Just one. Yep. Yeah, just and they explain it immediately that it's actually a French name. Yep. It's for Jet. And that's it. Yeah. That was it. That was the whole joke. Somebody like just thing in the writer's like, room was like, I got that one in. Oh, you could do a thing here. Like, it's like a heist movie or something, right? Like, it's like, you know, it's like taking Mr. Pelham Pink. or whatever, right? Or it's just yeah. like, or Reservoir Dogs or whatever, yep. right? But it's like, no, it's just a funny meme. Well, I, I, you know, I was just thinking about this. I, for some reason, my brain went back to the cast being pretty good for this, I thought, like for what it is. I think one of the things that Snipes is bringing to this that you get with nobody else is his, like, level of martial arts. Like, that dude is a pretty good martial artist. I it's think insane. Lot, yeah, a lot of so those good. fights. It looks so good. I thought exactly, this too, bud. It's him. You watching those fights, it's like, that's him. He's really doing this stuff. It looks good. They got good stunt people to work with him. The shit where he's climbing onto the plane... There are shots in that where it's definitely him on a speeding vehicle. I don't think it's actually him moving from one speeding vehicle to the wheel of a plane. But there are definitely shots in that sequence where it's like, it's him. He's like a part of this sequence. I don't know. I was pretty impressed with like 
the actual level of like physicality that he brought to the movie that I don't know. I thought that also later when he's using like a putter, like a samurai sword, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is like a preview yes. of Blade, right? Like it's just like he he is adept at doing things like this. Yeah. Where it maybe in a better movie or something, you'd be like, oh my god, like he's really doing the thing. But here, just like yeah, okay, like like you kind of expect it. And I don't I don't know, but like he is it the the tension and everything is definitely ramped up by the fact that, like it's it's him like it's not like cleverly doubled for somebody else it's just like no that's that's just him doing the thing which is always the better more satisfying way to do it yeah so i don't I, this is one to me this is one of those 90s movies that you go back and go like i get why at the time this is a a lesser than but it now in like the movie landscape we're in now it's like this is a delight we never see movies like this anymore 100%. this is a lot of fun this is this is why I was so high on it. I was like, yeah. oh man, like just the nineties of it just hit and I was like, oh yeah, I like this. Yeah. Another thing that I think is very funny in terms of the like, we don't really know what we're doing here, is that with like twenty five minutes left, they capture the villain. Yeah. And I'm like, Yes. There's so much movie left. But it doesn't feel like it's done in a way where there's like a way for him to get out, which of course he does. Mm-hmm. It feels like sealed up. It's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Mission solved. It's like, but there's the other guy. It's like, okay, we're gonna tra- track him down now. <laughs> but eventually, you know, it's the it's the snipe axe. It's a sharpshooter who like lets things get out of hand once again. But I'm like, there's so much like nothing about when things happen in this movie makes any sense to me. And <laughs> that was another thing where I'm just like, wait, what? This movie was only fueled by cocaine, right? Like the writers. <laughs> like it just feels like so scatterbrained that like it's like okay, like. Somebody was like, yeah, 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 we could do that. You're just like in a basement at 3 a.m. Just like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. That would be really cool. It, I wasn't thinking about it while watching it, but you guys are right. It's like structurally this movie is so weird where it really does feel like, a, to me, like a plug-and-play paint-by-numbers of like, we know we're doing Die Hard, so we've just got to like remix enough of the details so that we don't get accused of doing Die Hard. But then in remixing those details, you get this like, oddly structured like a movie that kind of doesn't make sense like a movie that feels like it's been translated through like a bunch yes. of different translators <laughs> yeah google you know, translate like, just 50 times over exactly again. <laughs> yeah and it's like what you're left with is like okay i could see how this was a script like 30 versions ago you know one of my favorite parts of this movie is the carnival parts right hell yeah our carnival rides vehicles oh i wrote down is Good a ferris question. wheel a vehicle uh, I feel like I have uh, controversial opinions on this to begin with based on conversations you guys have had with your guests. Because, uh, like, to me, I-, I don't know why, but I think a vehicle needs to, like, actually get you somewhere. And, like, you would have to reasonably actually use that. Like, to me, a surfboard is not a vehicle because I don't, even though I guess conceivably you could go to the grocery store on a surfboard if you lived in the right community, I don't think you would. I still think you would take a scooter or walk or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, well, so you're saying that like, it's not only about getting to a place, but getting to a place with a reasonable cadence or, or just like you would actually do it. Just like a person in the world would, would go like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to surf to the grocery store today. They wouldn't, nobody would. It's just like not, so I don't, to me, that's not like a vehicle. And I, I, so I think, I don't think they qualify as vehicles, the carnival rides. They can't get you anywhere. And even if for some reason there was a coffee shop at the top of the Ferris wheel, I just think you'd use some other method to get there. Then I was thinking, what about bumper cars? Whoa. Okay. (laughs) This is very interesting. You've really thrown a wrench into this. 
bumper cars because they are in fact cars vehicles they they are cars they by definition outside of the arena because aren't they like they're but connected again, like a trolley, they need the, they a trolley need the, the, the connection that too, a to the top. A vehicle, right they do need the kinetic thing at the top they need that the you electrical thing you can't yeah. just so drive. trolley mm. trolley counts right but trolley is designed to get you like functionally from one place to another bumper cars had, functionally had, designed for me to bump into joe Right. Yeah, if 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 you had a big enough bumper car arena in the center of your town, then it would most definitely be a vehicle, right? So if you could drive the bumper car off of the bumper car thing and keep going, then I would agree it could be a vehicle. I think you just need a big enough ceiling to connect the electrical thing to, and then it, and that's why I said like if like your whole yeah. town square was a bumper car, there was a grocery store on one side, your house was on the other. You could use the bumper car to go to the grocery store, like you said. I think we're restricted by the the ceiling, not the car. Yeah. Why are then there I not s- more towns town squares made of bumper car? <laughs> I, I like want to that. know. That'd be a lot of fun. Can you imagine if you lived there? Property values be sick. <laughs> <laughs> It it is it still comes back to the question of like would you go to the grocery store that way and I think for like the first week that you live there you would because that's exciting and fun and you would quickly be like no this is horrible I don't want to be part of this tourist attraction every day I need to go get eggs with no sun because you're just yeah. in a, just a covered yeah. arena that you have to get between every and then you got to get your eggs back through the fucking bumper car thing like what you're not addressing is that the steering wheel turns you go in reverse if you turn the steering wheel too much so like learning how to functionally drive a bumper car effectively is actually the hardest part you just told me something i didn't know about bumper cars so you've never been in bumper cars i've been in like bumper cars i didn't know if you turned them turned them turned them you just started reversing yeah, it's like if you go so far one way, then it goes in reverse. That's like the whole. Th- There's no forward and reverse in a bumper car. I don't remember just, that. Like, keep going. I haven't been on one in a while. I don't remember that. Oh man, you should open up your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, what other vehicle? I, the, the other thing that I have here, since we did not, since Garrett, I think disagrees, but I agree. I think Ferris wheel might be a vehicle. Is fake airplane for a dramatic reenactment a vehicle? No, it's no. just not going anywhere. Yeah, like if I draw a car, that's not a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah what if you build a car? If it if it moves, it's a vehicle. If it if it's stationary and cut in half, that I can like shoot props in, yeah, like shoot okay. movies well, in. You're that's about not to a get vehicle. into some strange territory here. Like unquestionably, a vehicle has to move, right? Like unquestionably, it has to nah. move. No, if it's like if it's like a former train in a museum. That's a vehicle, Garrett, and it's not moving. Then it wait, could why move. though? Then why isn't the why isn't what Joey just said as an example a vehicle? Because, because it has the it potential to move. They're using it as a stage. That like the the airplane thing okay. was a stage with like it's not. If it was an actual airplane that they put in and then made a stage, it was, a it was a vehicle. It was okay. a vehicle. So if it was decom if it was a decommissioned airplane, it would yes. be a vehicle. But if it was built from the from scratch to be a stage, yes. No. What if you built yes. a car with no engine? You have a car with no engine. I don't know what you. Mean. But is that a vehicle? If once you put an engine in it, then yes. So the engine makes the vehicle. No. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> so I'm still trying to pin this down. I feel like every time this comes up, it's a, the the definition is very very. So, list of vehicles, definitively, we've got plane. Plane. We've got helicopter. Yes. And the only other one that's not really, it is a car, but it's a different kind of car. We get like an Arrested Development-esque stair car that explodes in this movie. We get a Uh stair car. We also get an ambulance. 
And Wesley mm. Snipes steals a motorcycle at one point, too. Oh, right. I did. I eat a police motorcycle that Wesley Snipes rides. Yes, I have that bowl that I just skipped over that. Yes, I have that. Did you guys, speaking of the stair car, did you guys notice the shot of like two guys like underneath the stair car where they're doing like the build up to like, all right, when he comes out, we're going to shoot him. But like not until then on my mark or whatever. And they're doing all these shots of different people around and showing us how they've got everybody stationed. There's like a shot of two guys under the stair car. That then we no. never see again. They're never referenced again. And it was another case of I was like, oh, okay, I guess these guys are important. I wonder why they're under the stairs, like what they're going to do with the stairs. No. Nope. And then nothing. They don't, it doesn't, actually what happens is the stairs blow up and we never really know if those guys are still on the stairs. Also doesn't matter. Also blown up or what? <laughs> I do. And in like 82 minutes, like all of these things, we just made the, the other 30 like 25 minutes of this movie to make it an hour 40 and they're just like fuck it we don't need any of that yeah none of that necessary my only other note that i want to share and it's an it's a character actor a guy that i might recognize from things but the podunk sheriff chief biggs is played Mm -hmm. by a guy named ernie lively who is of note because he is blake and robin lively's dad i have no idea that's insane so Blake Lively, of course. Robin Lively from uh, Teen Witch. Oh, iconic okay. role. Iconic movie. But yeah, Eric Lively, just the, the sheriff is just like, he's just like one of those, like that guy. Like he plays. So this guy hangs out with Ryan Reynolds now. They do Thanksgiving <laughs> uh-huh. together. Yeah. Right. I, I liked that guy in the movie, by the way. I thought, I thought he was, he was another good side player. Good he's an animal control officer in the Stephen King adaptation of Sleepwalkers. He plays the motel clerk in teen- Turner and Hooch. He is some, maybe, ooh, does he play? He plays Blake's dad in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2 and 1. Ah. So he plays, you know, some some genetic, some Nepo father there. But he's in some Fire ne- Down Below. He's in the Nicolas Cage movie Looking Glass. He's just like a that What is guy, the right? opposite of Nepo? Like, what is the up, not down? Is it no, Nepo, Nepo? Nepo, no, Nepo doesn't denote direction. It doesn't? Nepo just means that you got a job because someone you are related to or... I thought it always are... meant down. Mm-mm. That's why Nepo baby. Baby means down. Okay. Okay. Nepotism Sorry. is just being selected for something based on something other than merit. Okay. They, I mean, they cast him in those movies because giving Punnett Square, like, he is her father, so, like, casting a father, why not? But, yeah, Nepo he's an also... actor, too. Exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's a Nepo daddy. Gary, do you have other notes for Passenger 57? I have not a single other note for Passenger 57. I'm very excited we got to the face-off of it all early. I have two fast connections. Go for it. One, the car chasing the plane. Yes. Is very F6. And Short, two, yes. mm-hmm. I also really like him, wrong team bitch, kicking him out the door mm. a la Letty. Yeah. And, and those are my two. Those are my two fast connections. I did have the thought that something we haven't done in the Fast and Furious universe yet is like get onto a plane in a creative way. I don't think there's a lot you of drive onto it. Yeah, there's like driving onto a moving plane. There's driving out of moving planes. But this movie had that like, and I've seen it in a few other things too. The like grasping onto the wheel as the yeah. plane takes off. I feel like these are things we need to eventually get to in the Fast and Furious universe, this kind of like... Why do I imagine Jason Statham's riding a plane? But that was in like one of his Well, Mission Impossible movies. Rogue Nation opens with Tom Cruise jumping on the side of a plane. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Statham was riding on the side of a plane in one of the movies we watched too. Mm, maybe. 
be. I think Garrett, Garrett, the issue with your thing is like it's not big enough. There's no car. There's no car. Yeah. They need a car. They need a car. No, he literally goes from a car to the wheel of the airplane in this movie. It's a fully a Fast and Furious segment. They just mm. like we've not done that in the Fast and Furious movies. Well, yet. they do some. I mean, six. In, in six when they're shooting the harpoons, they're not going from car to plane, but they're using car to bring down plane. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. I guess maybe people would be like, we've already done this because of the runway sequence. But yeah, I don't think yeah. they can do airplane again. Yeah. I still can't believe they haven't really done they really haven't done rocket ship. Like they did in the game in Crossroads and they have the the, the sort rocket of rocket like, car. Yeah. Yeah. But they Space haven't car. done I was thinking the same thing with Garrett. We've seen a Bionic Man, but we haven't seen a face off in mm. Fast and the Furious. Well yet. we thought we thought that's what in I thought 10, was gonna it was gonna be Letty and yeah. Cypher, but they're just like in a hospital somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we would actually we need a face change to recast someone in Fast and the Furious. Mm. Vin. <laughs> Boy. We will talk about that next week. We will yes, talk we about will. that next week. What if that's how they retcon uh, Cena back into the universe? And they say the reason he seems like such a different guy from 9 to 10 is that the Cena in 10 is actually a dude wearing a Cena mask. And is not. And he killed him in the real scene as alive. That's right. No, but he wouldn't have like he wouldn't have like taken. They wouldn't have given Baby B to. But they don't evil know. Face they didn't off know. Cena. Maybe they don't know. <sighs> Dom would have smelt it or something. Maybe this is what Hobbs is going to be about. Oh yeah, mm. maybe. Well, let's watch the trailer for Passenger Fifty Seven. Passenger Fifty Seven original theatrical trailer posted by Warner Brothers nine years ago. Look at that. Properly 869,000 views, 1 minute 55 seconds long. I'm ready whenever you are, brothers. Same okay, so you're, you say you're good? Yes, yep. All right. Three, two, one, play. Ramsey wants me to hire the best person available to head up the counterterrorism. I do love a Tom Sizemore movie. God, rest in peace. He's so good. I don't know how he gets this stuff to come off like so casually. The most dangerous hijacker in the world. Oh, I did have the thought early on in the movie that, like, maybe the reason they explained the face thing was that this guy was doing... Oh, yeah, the kid. Why? I, I thought he was part... That was, like, my, like, okay, this kid's gonna, like, save the day or get fucked something. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> nope. Just walks off the plane when they let the hostages go. Yeah, yeah. what are saying about the face? I just assumed that, like... Maybe the reason they did the face thing is because like that actor is doing nothing with his face while he's acting, and so they um, had to they had to explain that. So that old lady who who mistakes him for Arsenio Hall. Apparently, there's another trivia that said like Arsenio and some other thing was mistaken for Wesley Snipes, like as a as a nod to this movie. But it's just like uh, no, that old lady's racist, right? Like it's just you know yeah, just yeah, yeah. racism. Two black guys uh-huh. with high top fades in the nineties. I'm the best. I'm the best. I love that line too. I like action movies that I haven't seen that I can complete the line. To. Yeah, that's always like that's that's a good metric for how much I like it. I think maybe like with the kid thing, like um, a thing this movie could be doing, but I don't think is is throwing so many variables. Like you'll never guess how this plays out, and like none of them are like it'd be fun if one of them was the case, but like none of them are the case. Right? Exactly. Do I remember that the leather jacket is just something he found under the plane? Oh, I don't remember. Maybe. I don't remember. Maybe. When he's, like, finding the grenades or whatever. <laughs> he has he picks up the grenades. Does he, yeah. like... And then he never uses them, as far as I remember. 
No, that's what I'm saying. I, I do think, if I remember right, he just like, he's in turtlenecks the whole time, and then they're like under the plane, and he as he's down there, something he finds is a leather jacket that he puts on and then refuses to take off for the rest of the movie. Passenger 57, what can you say? Let's play the letterbox game. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterboxd, has been seen by 1.7 million people. Passenger 57 from 1992, directed by Kevin Hooks, starring Wesley Snipes, Bruce Payne, Tom Sizemore, and Alex Datcher, has been seen by how many people? Uh, mm. I'll start us at 300K. I was going to go 175. You are both way too high. Whoa, really? I thought this like movie we said, was everybody like knows the. We know everybody knows the quote, but nobody's right, seen, nobody's the seen movie. it. You're right. Okay. Here, here are just just for reference. This has nothing to do with the number, but activity from friends. My friends rated this movie three and a half, three, 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 three and a half. Yeah. Yep. It's that's, a movie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, two hundred. Well, Joe was one seventy five. Was too high. Oh fuck. Okay, one hundred. One hundred, Joe. Uh, Eighty-three thousand. You're still both too high. You're kidding. Fifty. Yeah. Uh, forty-two thousand. You're both still too high. One more guess. Okay. Twelve thousand people have seen this movie. Twenty-four. Fifty-seven. Precisely fifty-seven people have seen Passenger Fifty-seven. Twenty-seven. One fifty-seven. So you got fifty-seven right, but twenty-seven thousand one hundred fifty-seven. Average rating of a 2.9, overwhelmingly the most popular rating is, you guessed it, a 3. A 3. Out of those 27,000 people, how many have this in their top four favorite films of all time? 57. Oh, good guess. No, it has to... Uh, 17. You're both too high. 7. 12. You're both too high. 5. This low, three. Five. It's five. Damn, we are going to go dude. to Nailed Hot it. Takes Marcus at Hot Takes Marcus. The greatest film ever made. Five stars. Okay. That is a hot take, Marcus. And yeah. someone commented on the review for this movie and said, username checks out. <laughs> yeah. Hot Takes Marcus. number So, greatest film ever, right? He just, he just, okay. he just said, number, greatest movie ever made. It's his number two favorite movie. Okay. Okay. The other three are all action movies. Two are superhero. Neither is Marvel. One is a superhero movie you will probably never think of as a superhero movie. Say The Dark Knight is one. No. But okay. The Dark Knight is in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Batman's in this movie, but is it's it not Bat- The Dark Knight. Is it 89 Batman? No, they're all, well, so both these superhero movies are from the 2000s. Okay. One from the 2000s decade, one from the 2010s. But none of them are Marvel. It's it's not a Hellboy. Nope. Oh, that's a good guess, though. Let's focus on the one, there's a DC movie in here. His number one favorite movie is a DC movie. And it's got Batman in it, you're saying? Batman is in it. Is it the Snyder Cut? It's not the Snyder Cut. But you're not far off. Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh right, I forgot that there's more title. Colon that movie. So Hot Takes Marcus watched this and gave it two stars, and then he said he watched it again a year later. He said I was wrong before. The Ultimate Edition is a work of art from beginning to end. Oh, Five boy. stars. Okay. okay. 
Number three is a superhero movie that you would not think yeah. is a superhero movie. And a hint, although it doesn't really narrow it down because I've done a lot of podcasts, Mike and I did a podcast about this movie. Why are you saying you wouldn't think of it as a superhero movie? It's not like Unbreakable because you're saying it's from the 2000s. Correct. Uh, it's not Super, that James Gunn movie. Mm-mm. Uh... Joe, the clue for you that the better one is the that Mike and I have done this. The the star of this movie, the titular character, is not someone that Mike and I covered, but the okay, but their co star is someone that Mike and I covered, like Charlize. Mm-hmm. Wait, Charlize is the co star of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Ah, yes, I would have never guessed that as a superhero. But movie. superhero movie, it yeah. is. You're right. You're right. I always forget that one. Like that's everybody forgot. That Hot one, takes. Marcus like. says, unlike a lot of opinions reviews I've seen, I think the second half is just as strong as the first half. I think <laughs> Hancock's backstory and the revelation of his relationship with Mary and how tragic it is. Love that when it first came out, still love it. All these years later, someone comments just says, "Worst film ever made." I think. <laughs> okay. And then what? he says, "This ain't the Dark Knight." This guy loves Batman v Superman and hates the Dark Knight. <sighs> okay. Good. Great. Now, number Hot four. Takes Marcus is awesome. I, I, I don't usually read reviews, but like the reviews for this, these are pretty good. Yeah, these <laughs> are Number four is a movie from the 90s uh-huh. that Joe, I don't think he didn't write a review for this, which is unfortunate. Um, I don't know if you will have known Joe, but there is, it is the genres of this film. I want to make sure I get this right are comedy, action, adventure. Okay. And there is something. That the main character does. The main character is a criminal. Okay. And there's a very unique thing the main character does that is the only reason this movie is worth watching. Like something he does while he's committing his crimes, he has a little bit of a flair that makes this movie worth watching. Otherwise, totally forgettable and not very good. Uh... But there's one thing he does while committing crimes. You're like, like, like fun. the wet bandits? Yeah, kind of. But not the wet bandits. 1990s. It's it's one of the big 90s action stars, but not somebody can not somebody considered for this movie. So not Stallone, not Seagal, not Denzel, not Eddie Murphy. Another one. And he does a wacky little thing. Garrett, you have not seen this movie. It's on your watch list. Okay. I don't. Ha- I feel like if I haven't seen it, I definitely don't have enough information yet to throw a guess at it. It's a Bruce Willis film. Okay. Oh. The name of the movie is his character's name. Oh, this is, um... I don't know. Uh, Hudson Hawk? Hudson Hawk. And yeah. the thing he does is whenever he commits a bank robbery, he does it to a song and, like, times out exactly to the song and dances his way through the song. And when the song is over, the crime is done. Oh, that's awesome. That's fucking Baby Driver. Yeah, the I movie's like not that. good, but that's I was going to cool say twist. Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah, it felt very Baby Driver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. Hudson Hawk. This guy had a wild-ass top four, dude. Hot Takes Marcus, Batman v Superman, Passenger 57, Hancock, Hudson Hawk. We haven't had one like that in a while. That's just, like, insane. That's an appropriate top four for a guy that refers to himself as Hot Takes Marcus. He's on X, at Hot Takes Marcus. Oh, no, he he is, but he deleted his account, so... (laughs) His cool. takes were too hot for X. That's a bad sign. Oh, well, 
Shout out to Hot Takes Marks and shout out to Garrett. Thank you once again for joining us on this episode to talk about Passenger 57. Love being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what do you have always, going brother. on? What do you want to plug? Where can people find you? Do you have any new podcasts in the work? Anything that you want to promote Ooh. that you've already done? Or should people just look in the archives for fan favorite Garrett Smith on Too Fast, Too Forever? Yeah, check me out on Too Fast, Too Forever. That's the best place to find me these days. <laughs> do you have a favorite movie? Not favorite ep- or favorite episode, but a favorite movie that you've watched and covered for this podcast with us? Whoa. I don't, I don't remember what you've done. Actually, I could, I could look. You know what? I think uh, the one that comes to mind, I just can't remember the fucking name of. Uh, the one we did that was Charlie Sheen and um, Andrew. Oh, yeah, yeah. L.A. LA Confident. No Man's it Land. No Man's, no Man's Land. Land, yes. I really liked that movie. I, that's Dude, a- I was just thinking about that the other day, too. That's a really, like, like it's a deep cut, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good deep cut movie. You've what done Hobbs and Shaw with us. And The you Wraith. You did Tokyo the Drifter. Wraith. The Wraith is really good. You yeah, I was just Drifter. thinking about that. Yeah, you did Cars and Tokyo Meter on the Patreon. Car- right? Cars is my favorite Garrett episode. You did the two <laughs> crank episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, did yeah. No Man's Land. You yeah. did Hell or High Water. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, did yeah, Find yeah. Me Guilty. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You did Megaforce oh. for the Patreon. Yes. Yeah. And then yes. this episode. Well, now that we reviewed them time. all, I can tell you definitively Tokyo Drifter is my favorite movie on that list. That is a, yes. a terrific Tokyo Drifter's damn good movie. No Man's Land, and also of course Cars Kachow. Cars Kachow. Kachow. Uh, by the way, my nephew is obsessed with cars. So, like, after that episode of me... I got the Cars Crocs, bud. Oh, the yeah? Light up when you Kachow... I was Kachowing all over the place. Yeah, my, I think you have the same shoes as my nephew. Uh, I probably do. Yeah. I, so, like, it is interesting that I like, I hate that movie and, like, couldn't even, uh, you know, tamp down my hatred for this podcast. And immediately my nephew was like, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. It's the only thing I watch. It's the only movie I will watch with you. Okay, good. Did you ask them? Did you ask them how they how they exist inside the vehicle? <laughs> no, I don't think he's ready for the that you thought yet. You should just break his brain. Yeah, his child brain will just be ruined forever. It really would. He's like one of those kids that's too smart. If I put that idea in, that's his what head, I mean. I don't know yeah, what yeah, would yeah. happen. Yeah, you're gonna re- if you don't want to watch it anymore, just be like, how do you <laughs> yeah. think he gets in there? Yeah. What parts his ass? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, our next episode is a life in the fast lane. We are covering Too Fast, Too Furious, Minute 97. Ooh. Very exciting. But also, before we wrap up, I do want to give a shout out to our patrons. Cassie Wilson, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, yep. Michael Moser, Christian Larson, Tara Newman, Aaron Willows, and Natalie Absolute, Randy Carter, Josh Goulard, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all for supporting us the $5 a month level or above. Not in the immediate future, but... We have about a month and a half left in this lap, and we have like six bonus episodes coming your way. So if you're not a patron yet, go sign up at TooFast2Forever.com because we've got a lot of bonus for episodes coming up. For one dollar. For a dollar. Or more if you want to give us more money. But for a dollar a month gets you genuinely already close to 50 bonus episodes. Like the, the <laughs> next one we do will be our 50th bonus episode, which will never be on the main, including at least two with main feed fan favorite Garrett Smith. I love that I don't even have to say it anymore. I, I thought about it earlier today. I was like, I'm you not going to say it once. It I'm going to let you Joey do it. it. Joey Which will do one? it. I, I think I don't. I think I, mm, I think you want to be main feed. And I'm like, no, you don't want to be main feed. You want to be just fan favorite. Because like, I don't, but I don't know. Who knows? There's at least two episodes behind the paywall. Megaforce and was it Cars? Do we do Cars as a bonus episode? I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. Maybe. 
whatever. But anyway, for all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on all the platforms. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at cageclub.me slash shop. And come back next week for another Life in the Fast Lane. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Garrett Smith. And we will tell you all about it when we see you again.